Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. And so I, I'm curious, so from your understanding, what was the reasoning around men shall not lie with men as with a woman? That's one that I believe we do understand. Um, I will try to give you the big picture of it because <laughs> I like to connect three different parts of the Bible together when I talk about this right. because I think it is very relevant. And that's Genesis 9, Genesis 19, and Leviticus 18. So Leviticus 18.22 is the verse, a man shall not lie with a man as with a, as with a woman. Mm-hmm. It's an abomination. And so that's the, that's the verse. And so what, what was the concern? Why, what was the point of this law? What was the problem that they were trying to address in this law? And so when you're trying to understand the Bible, um, this is a basic principle, you you kind of work in ever expanding circles. And so you know, you look within a few verses around it, you look within the whole book, you look within that section of scripture or collection of writings, and you look within whatever testament, and then you look within the whole of the Bible um, to kind of help you understand. Well, Leviticus is part of the Torah. And so we we want to look most urgently at the Torah. There's some things that apply, you know, other places in the Bible talk about uh, shrine prostitution. There's a similar story in judges, but the most relevant is what it says in the Torah, because that's the collection of writings. Not that the others hurt the case of affirmation at all. They don't, (laughs) but, but I just think that in understanding what Leviticus 18 says, um, we can look at the Torah. And I was actually taught this in my Old Testament law class at the seminary, which is that this, the narratives of the Torah help us to explain the laws of the Torah. They help us to understand what was meant by the laws in the Torah. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we start in Genesis 9. In Genesis 9, you have... Um, this is this is the story of the flood or the aftermath of the flood. So the whole world has been destroyed, but this one ark of of life that that has been left on the face of the planet, Noah and his family is there, and uh, I can't imagine that this was easy or that he was feeling good. And the first thing that he did was plant some vines, make some wine, and get completely drunk. <laughs> Fair enough. So so kind of as quick as he could make alcohol, Noah got like so drunk that he was lying in his tent completely naked. Mm. And one of his sons came in, um, his son Ham, and Ham looks at him. And there's some ambiguity in the Hebrew here because um, Noah had uncovered his nakedness. Well, if someone were to uncover someone else's nakedness in the Bible, that would refer to sex. But Noah had uncovered his own nakedness. So it doesn't sound like it's sex. And yet it kind of evokes those same thoughts. And the, the word for how Ham looked at his father has sexual overtones to it, mm. right? So, I mean, he probably didn't rape him or anything like that, but he, like, kind of had this this sexual gaze on his father. Um, mm. Then he goes out of the tent, 
and he tells his brothers all about it and how he had seen his father naked in the tent. His brothers are aghast and they take a blanket and they walk in backwards without ever looking at their father because they don't want to see him naked and they cover him. So what's happening here? Um, I mean, this is a story of honor and shame. And, you know, we know Adam and Eve after the fall were ashamed of being naked and shame becomes associated with nakedness and honor and shame cultures, you know, that shame can have implications for um, power and who has respect and who doesn't have respect and who is able to have the power in a situation. So what Ham was doing here was essentially was he was humiliating his father. Mm. He was humiliating him. He sees him in this this moment of vulnerability, and instead of um, instead of helping him and covering him, help him to recover his sense of dignity, he does everything that he can to undermine his sense of dignity. Now, it's not that Ham was gay. I actually had a teacher at seminary say that <laughs> gay people aren't into their parents. <laughs> That's just awful and disgusting Mm. and certainly don't go brag to their brothers the moment. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. It's just that's not what was happening. Um, uh, He was bragging to his brothers because he was trying to then extend that shame out to his brothers. Mm. And by doing so, he undermines the authority of his father. So, um, you know, that's the fifth commandment. So, um, his brothers restore that. And then at the end of the chapter, Noah um, kind of, you know how they, in the Old Testament, the patriarch would speak a prophetic word over over their sons. Mm. Um, and so the patriarch is speaking over the sons and says to him, um, you'll be the father of Canaan and you will be a slave to your brothers. And um, because, of, because of what he had done. Mm. Okay, so Ham is the father of Canaan. Where does Canaan next show up in in the Torah? It next shows up in uh, the story of Abraham and Lot. And Lot is looking out over the land of Canaan and decides that he wants to settle in that fertile valley mm. of Sodom and Gomorrah. So the next time we see Canaan, the son of Ham, is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And what we find here is basically that seed that had been planted in uh, Genesis 9, full grown now to a much more intense level of seeking to dominate through sexual humiliation. Mm. Um, The story of Sodom and Gomorrah is not a story of gay people. I like to start actually in chapter 18 to understand the full meaning of Leviticus 18 and 19 together Mm -hmm. to understand what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. So you have the angels of God and they uh, come and they've concealed themselves and they they come to Abraham 
as just travelers, as, as foreign travelers, strangers. This is the way the terminology that's often used in the Bible. Um, and so they're, they're vulnerable and they're out here in the countryside and they're trying to get from point A to point B and they're completely vulnerable to how they're treated by the people that they encounter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no um, travel lodge that they can stay in <laughs> and have a safe place to stay. Yeah. It, it's all a matter of, of whether they get fed and cared for by the people they encounter along the way. Mm. So they, they stop here and Abraham just falls all over himself to be as good to them as he possibly can. Mm. Shows the massive generosity, you know, fills, uh, kills the fatted calf to feed them, just does everything he can to care for them the best he possibly can. He, he's exemplifying the character of God here. You know, we talk about it in hospitality, but that word really doesn't fully capture mm. what's happening here. Um, and that's that Abraham is is loving, showing these people love and care and protection and giving them the sustenance they need to be safe. Then um, God reveals, reveals God's self to Abraham and says um, in this fascinating exchange that he, that um, the plan is to destroy the city of Sodom. And Abraham's like, no, don't do it. Um, and they do this bargain and finally, God says, if I can find five good men in the city, I won't destroy it. Just just five. So um, they leave. They go to Sodom. They're in the city square. And Lot comes up to them and is like, uh, you can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> this is not safe. Yeah. You, you can't sleep. And you know, nobody had invited them in. Um, they're like, we're just going to sleep here. And Lot's like, no, you're not. You can't do that. It's not safe. You're coming to my house. So mm. they go to his house because Lot knows the kind of people he lives with. Mm. He knows what kind of people these men are. So he takes them into his house and um, they're, they're in his house. They're in his house. And it says in the text, all the men of Sodom come to the house, all of them, every one of them. So this harkens back to this deal that Abraham and God have struck that, um, you know, five good, good men, well, all the men in Sodom actually come to his door. Now, is Sodom the city that happens to be 100% homosexual? (laughs) And do these men come to Lot's door saying, hey, uh, we were wondering if um, your guests would like to go out on a date and uh, we, or, or, or we were wondering if they would like to, to uh, have sex with us. No, <laughs> like they're, they're coming to forcefully take mm. these men out of Lot's home mm. to rape them. And this is clearly understood in the text. Mm. And, um, you know, Lot disgustingly offers his daughters also indicating that these were not gay men. Yeah because Lot knows them. I mean, should we even have to make that argument? But so often Sodom has been depicted as a group of gay people or homosexuals Mm. or however you want to say it. Um, And even in a seminary chapel I was in, this woman described these men as a a horde or a a gang. That's what it was, a gang of gay men. Mm. Um, So this this is something that people say But no, no, this was not a group of gay of gay men. These were men intent on raping these strangers, the foreigners. Mm. It's the exact opposite of what Abraham did. So, so Abraham provides this foil to see this is what God's people should do, and this is what's happening. And and again, it harkens back to to the story of Ham. 
you know, this is his children, full grown. And that that seed has has now grown grotesquely into this behavior of seeking to shame and humiliate through sexual violence. Mm. And, you know, even today, we think about sex in terms of domination um, very often. And even today, we see these things happen um, within prison systems or within war, where, where sex is used as a tool for humiliation and dominance. But it was much more so then. Uh, much more so than when even heterosexual sex was seen as a form of dominance in, in those days. It wasn't just purely love. It was also a sign of the husband's um, authority over the wife who was lesser than the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so to treat a man that way was even more humiliating. A man who is supposed to be a man and now you're treating him like a woman this is even more degrading and humiliating in a society that's extremely sexist, which most societies throughout time have been mm. extremely <laughs> sexist, particularly in the Western world. So, um, so, so you, so you have this happening and then um, we come to Leviticus 18 and, you know, we have this text that says a man shall not lie with a man like with a woman, which is what this is, what, is happening in um, Genesis 19, this this sexual humiliation of treating a man like a woman. And then what you also find though in Leviticus 18 is it says specifically in that chapter, it says, don't behave like the people who came before you in this land who defiled it with their abominations because I kicked them out. I'm paraphrasing mm. bits that I remember, but because <laughs> I picked them out, I, I kicked them out of the, I spewed them off. I vomited them, vomited them out of the land because of that behavior. Don't behave like them. So what were they doing? The people in the land before the Israelites were the Canaanites. And we're told from Ham to Sodom and Gomorrah, what the Canaanites were doing. And so in Leviticus 18, when we come to that chapter and it describes the behavior of the Sodomites in a chapter that says, don't behave like the people who came before you in this land, which was the Canaanites and the Sodomites were Canaanites. It, it just, it, it flows together and it makes sense. Mm. And to, to say that here we find an answer to a question about same sex marriage Mm. well where is that yeah (laughs) where is that because that's not the behavior that the people were engaging in Mm. in the land before israel came it it wasn't same-sex marriage that's not what was happening in sodom Mm. it's entirely (laughs) different context and we know what it is so we don't we don't really have to guess it's just it's all it's all there it just lines up Mm. and is is that the only um i guess the story of Ham and Sodom and the prohibition in, in Leviticus, are they the only sort of references to same-sex relationships um, or the only... Yes, yeah, same-sex yeah. same sex eroticism is what I would say mm-hmm. and what scholars usually use to describe um, those kinds of behaviors. Um, so, yeah, those are the only ones in the Torah. Um, there's also shrine prostitution, um, that happens in other places of the Bible and um, yeah, ju- judges 
19 tells a similar story um, to Genesis 19. It's nice that the chapters line up to make it easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those are the con those are the contexts that you find in the Bible. Certainly, um, certainly you don't find anything that we would say was okay if heterosexuals were doing it. And I think that's it's incredible just the the difference that it makes when you actually look at the larger context, um, as well as the I guess the. Uh, the the local context, I guess you could say, of the verse, but when you actually look at it as a big picture, which um, I mean, as as Adventists, particularly, we're we're all about the big picture, you know, the great controversy, the the full story. Um, when you start to look at some of those verses in the context of the bigger picture and following through right from Ham and his children, you know, Canaan and, and following the full picture there and then seeing where these prohibitions were given in Leviticus. Uh, it's incredible just how much more they make sense. <laughs> I am learning so much, by yeah. the way, this whole connection thing with Noah and yeah. Sodom and Leviticus, my mind is yeah. blown. Yeah. It's so easy on one hand to go, well, that's the Old Testament. We don't really do that anymore. But then it's so much more to then go, actually, let's sit down and actually have a conversation yeah. about this. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye. Bye.